We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's go to the mailbag, Mister Mister Davis. And if you don't mind, I'm going to pull the the questions up, and I'll have you uh, I'll have you read them if All you right. could, and then we'll just go about it that way. Sure. So we're going to start off here with my man Cuba Puig. Thank you for the super chat, Cuba Puig. I think if we had got Chris Cole instead of Teddy Ruzak, we would have had the best linebacker class in the nation. Chris Cole is that guy. Yeah. I mean, look, Kuba, I'm super high on Chris Cole. Love Chris Cole. Don't disagree with anything you're saying. I just don't think it's a situation where it was you're not going to get Chris Cole because you got Teddy Rezac. It just, it's not, that's not the reality of it. I think if Notre Dame felt they led for Chris Cole and were going to get Chris Cole, I think they would have taken Chris Cole. I, I don't think this was ever a, well, we were going to get Chris Cole, but Teddy committed first. I just think that they never felt they were going to get him. I think, I mean, again, I don't know if they would make it work, but I would try to make it work with four linebackers just because those kids are so good. I don't know if they're going to necessarily do that. But to answer your question, if you do have Chris Cole in the in a class with, with Kingston and Bodie Cahoon, yeah, that's one of the best linebacker classes in the country, especially in a year like this, Sean, where it's not a great linebacker year. Nationally, it's really not yeah. a strong linebacker class. Uh, but I just – I don't think this was a either-or type of recruitment. I don't think it was Chris Cole or Teddy Rezac. I, I don't think that's why they took one over the other. And and yeah, so I, I agree with your stance on Chris Cole. I just don't think it was necessarily you took Teddy at the expense of now you're not going to get Chris Cole. I don't, I don't think that's the way that that one went down, in my yeah. opinion. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
Raymond Harton. Thank you, Super Chat. Thank you guys for the show today. We appreciate you, Raymond. Yeah, absolutely. Wicked Bronco Productions, thanks for the Super Chat. What impact on recruiting would beating Ohio State have? <laughs> Tremendous. Yeah. The last two years, NBs and Ohio State's top targets have been at this game. Ohio State has gotten over the last four years, 30-plus guys for the ND offer. ND has only got 12 within OSU offer. Well, there's a couple ways to look at it. Number one is I think big picture. It's I mean not big, not big picture, but more specifically, I think that it could help you maybe close with a couple big name guys that aren't deciding during the season. It might be able to help you flip with you know flip a Justin Scott if you know if he commits to Miami this summer, which I, I think as of right now I still think could have could happen. Good chance of it happening. Uh, I don't think Notre Dame is going to back off of him. I don't think Ohio State's going to back off of him. I don't think Michigan's going to back off of him. I don't think Georgia's going to back off of him if he commits to Miami. I just don't think that they will. And and in some ways, I kind of like the idea of Miami now being the team to beat because for months, everybody was just hammering Notre Dame as the team to beat. And everybody was recruiting against Notre Dame. Now everybody can start recruiting against Miami. Different conversation for a different day. But, you know, maybe a kid like that could help with where I think it's it would have the biggest impact, Sean, is like the 25 and 26 classes. If you can get that kind of signature win, because to your point, who is the dominant program in the Midwest right now? It's Ohio State. Yeah. And and now I still think Notre Dame is perceived by recruits as a bigger program than Michigan. Yeah. But if you lose another game to them and Michigan goes out there and plays well at Ohio State and maybe even beats Ohio State again, you've now slipped a third, maybe fourth at that point in time. And that's why games like that are important. You have to be before you can become the biggest program in the country, you've got to be the biggest program in your region. Yeah. And right now, from a football standpoint and a perception standpoint with recruits, Ohio State is still the big dog. I don't care that Michigan beat them the last two years. That eventually could have an impact. But right now, Michigan was coming from so far down because of the perception of how weird their coach is, but also the fact that they were coming off a disaster of a season. Even when they were good, they were still considered like a blue-collar team. They weren't a hot team. They recruited very well in the region and all that. They weren't they weren't recruiting nationally the same way Notre Dame was recruiting nationally. Well, the, the more you keep losing these games and they keep winning them, the, the, the quicker they pass you. And that's where I think Notre Dame is in is in danger of this year. If not for Marcus Freeman being the head coach, I think they would have already passed him. I think the only reason that Michigan hasn't passed Notre Dame right now from a recruiting standpoint is because of Marcus Freeman. Because the on-field results have been very in favor of Michigan the last two years. And they've beat Ohio State. So I think it could have a major impact on the 25 and 26 classes and helps you kind of say, hey, no, we are now the dominant program in the Midwest from a recruiting standpoint. You still have to prove more on the field. Other than that, I'm talking strictly from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah. So I think it could, and it could help you start to win some of those battles. But it's not even just the head-to-head with Ohio State, although that matters certainly. But it's also about you know some guys that you like that they don't necessarily like. I mean, that's yeah. going to be the case too. Is just because Ohio State hasn't offered a kid doesn't mean that that kid's not a darn good football player. Ohio State's coaches make mistakes too, especially on defense right now. So especially at quarterback. Uh, we'll see i don't know what the heck we'll, doing. we'll see yes that's a that's a different conversation for a different day but a very fascinating aspect <laughs> to 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 the that whole thing zach nichols thank you for the super chat push comes to shove and you had to pick carter nelson second tight end or three safeties plus davis andrews taking a two-year mission so what's the or here is it meaning that i don't get davis andrews I'm trying to un. I'm or trying maybe to that's is that that's part of the three safeties. Yeah, you take the three safeties, which includes Davis Andrews, who's going to take a mission. Yeah. Um. In that instance, I'd I'd probably. Boy, it's a tough one. It would. Part of it is Zach, and I'm going to kind of dodge your question, but only because I'm not quite sure what you're saying. But more so specifically to your to your question, Zach, is I'd have to know. Um. I'd have to know who the three safeties are. I mean, if the three safeties are Davis Andrews is a mission guy, and then you also get like Oliver Miles and I don't know, um, Marquise Gallegos, or I'd say, okay, give me Carter Nelson because at least I'm going to take the impact guy. But if three safeties are like Bronte and, you know, Dewan Lane, I'd take the safeties because it's a bigger need. Yeah. Even though I think Carter Nelson's probably a better player than all those guys, it's a bigger need for me. 
so that's a that's a good question. I would I would say probably without specifics, I'd probably lean towards safeties because in my head, I'm convincing myself the three safeties would be, you know, adding two more really quality players. Plus, you now have a basically you would get a commitment from a 2026 kid. You know, I'd go with that, but only because of need. I still think Carter Nelson's the best football player and the best prospect of any of the guys we'd be discussing there. It's sometimes though, look, Sean, as much as everybody wants to act like, you know, Hey, look, um, uh, you just, you take the best players and you do, this isn't the NFL draft, right? I mean, at, at some point in time, you do have to recruit for need. You do have to emphasize, Hey, we have one scholarship left. We need a safety. Otherwise yeah. we can't put a roster together or we could take a tight end who's incredibly talented, but we're already pretty loaded there if it comes down to that kind of either-or type of situation. Now, you know what my answer's ultimate answer is going to be. Is, well, why not take all of them? Right. That would be the ideal. But if I could only take one of the others, one of the other, I'd say safety because safety is a big need because you could have the best tight end in America, but you need him because you're winning every game 45 to 40 because you can't cover anybody. You know what I mean? So in this instance, I'd go with the safeties at that point in time. That would be my answer to that one, Sean. And Raymond Horton has another one, Sean. I think he he likes your shirt, so he oh, said, "I love the you. shirt, Sean. Good to see thank you, sir. You, Raymond. Come back soon." So, yeah, yeah, he, he's digging Good it. I also, that. I wanted to bring this up too from Frank McCatry, one of our LSU fans on the chat. He has. We talked about him last week, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm seeing Frank in a while." Actually, it was earlier this week. And Frank was in the chat today, and he uh, said it was good to see you and I doing a show together, Sean. We don't get to do a whole lot. Frank doesn't catch a whole lot. And I asked him where he's been. He said his daughter had twin girls, so and they're both healthy. So, Frank, congratulations. This is apparently the second time he's he's a, he's become a grandpa. So he was already Congrats. a grandpa before, but now he's got he's got twins. So he went from one to three like that. So uh, he so congratulations, Frank. We're happy for you. Glad that your daughter and the babies are uh, are doing well and are healthy. Absolutely. Why does it seem like Notre Dame can't put together a top three offensive line class every year? Seems like an easy home run position for Notre Dame to dominate every year. Well, no, no, it's never happened. I don't know that Notre Dame's ever had a top three class every year. Uh, year, especially in today's era. I mean, there's sometimes a recruiting class is a a bridge year, a depth year, for a host of reasons. And and number two, I think that what you would define as a top three class and what I what Harry Heastan would define as a top three class are probably a different. Bit different because a lot of people view it as, well, why aren't they going after this five star kid or that five star kid? And you're like, well, because the Notre Dame offensive line coach doesn't think that that kid is better than this other kid or doesn't fit as well. And this is something that fans yeah. continue to miss, in my opinion, when it comes to offensive line recruiting. You have to look at it as, as the whole, not the individual parts, because you and I have seen offensive lines that had good individual players or great individual players that weren't great lines. And we've seen lines and the Clemson did this in their first two years. They played in the championship game. Neither of those teams had great, any great individual offensive linemen yeah. or even really good offensive linemen. But as a unit, they were very good. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, and I thought one year they outplayed Alabama's line who had a lot of great individual players. So it's about putting a group together and, hey, we have this here, so we need this kind of player here. Yes, this guy may be ranked higher, but our need is this kind of guy. And so uh, that's kind of the reality of it. But, I mean, look, I I don't – Sean, I don't know how you can look at what Notre Dame's done the last decade recruiting the offensive line and, you know, a year here, a year there, certainly. But I get this a lot. And, you know, look, Notre Dame's recruited the offensive line position pretty freaking incredibly well the last decade. Yeah. You know, now it's up to Joe Rudolph to continue that, that tradition. That's going to yeah. be the key in my opinion. Look, man, I tell you all the time, if I'm an NFL scout, I, I'm not going looking for, I'm not going to Alabama games looking for offensive line. Mm-hmm. Show me the proof where Alabama offensive linemen have gone to the NFL and panned out. Not near, not even close to as many as Notre Dame's. Show me the proof. Now I'll go. I'll definitely go to Kinnick Stadium on a Saturday afternoon. Please show me the Iowa offensive lineman. Please show me the Notre Dame offensive lineman, because their NFL resume is long and illustrious for years. How they are developed, Wisconsin as well. How they are developed to end up being better in the NFL than your Alabamas. 
then your Auburns, where they play basically where they just get everyone on the offensive line really big and just, man, just move you around. That's what they do. They bully you. And then they go up against other big guys in the NFL with lack of technique, and they get the butts kicked, and the next thing you know, they're gone from the Raiders, and the, the Chicago Bears are picking them up. <laughs> they were first-round picks. What does it mean that you were a first-round pick if you can't get to the second contract and you eventually get released? You know, that's why I didn't understand. Well, I, I take that back because you have to take him at his word. If Caden Proctor truly chose Alabama because he wanted to win instead of sure. going to Iowa, fine. And some kids but, just want to get away from home. Not everybody yeah. wants to stay close to home. Yeah, right. but he absolutely was committed to the right program to be an NFL offensive line. Agree. If that's what he wanted to be, the best line he could be, he was committed to the right program. If he wants to be drafted higher, maybe be at absolutely. Alabama. But Absolutely. yeah, I agree. With Absolutely, that. I agree with that. Yeah, it was an interesting one, and I, I I wonder how much all the turmoil going on at Iowa played into that as well. It might have played a part. That that could be part yeah, of some of the well. stuff. Yeah, it could be part of it as well. Which of the three 2024 halfbacks is Notre Dame? Does Notre Dame have the best shot at now? And who do you think they ultimately sign, if anyone? So I think that they have the best shot with Kedron Young and Xavier Robinson, and I think they will get one of those two guys. I'm pretty confident they'll get one of those two guys. Which one that'll be, we'll have to see how the next month or so, you know, the next couple weeks, I should say, transpire. But I think they'll get one of those two guys. I'm, I'm confident their name's going to get a second running back in this class. I'm just not sure which of those two guys it's going to be. I think those are the two. And, and look, Notre Dame liked Anthony Carey a lot. I don't think Anthony Carey liked Notre Dame as much as people saying, like, well, they – moved on from him and all that. I think the reason they moved on from him is because he wasn't as interested in them as he was, as they were in him. Yeah. Not because they don't think he's a really good football player, but I think they'd be perfectly fine and happy with either Kedron Young or Xavier Robinson. I personally prefer Kedron Young. I think he's a better player, a much better player, but Xavier Robinson is a good football player as well. Yeah. So he'd be a nice complimentary player where Kedron becomes your guy. He is your top man. Yeah. He's a dude. That's the dude, right? Yeah. That's as simple as that. That's the dude. That's another position. Or we had we already talked about it a little bit earlier. Dylan McCullough has established himself and put himself in that room and position to go out there and get dudes. And there it is. He already has one in the fold. Mm-hmm. Adidas Williams is just one of those do everything, all purpose backs. And Keedron Young is just that man. He just strikes me, and I'm looking at his film. I, I would love to see this young man up close and personal just to see his thighs. Mm-hmm. It's my Keedron or Xavier Robinson? Keedron Young, yeah. just to see his legs. Because on his film, he looks like he has some really stout legs. And for him to have that much breakaway speed and power that he runs with, it's an impressive combination. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring I'm gonna read this one, Sean, because it's more yeah. of a question for you than it is for me. This is from uh, Week Zero Productions, formerly Wicked Bronco Productions. He says, how much impact does Justin Scott's mom have in his recruitment? My read is she prefers Notre Dame. He wants Miami because of the flash and NIL. Why does anyone want to go to Miami when they got blown out by Middle Tennessee State and went four and eight, shaking my head? Went five and seven. So just to be accurate, they did go five and seven. But yes, they did get blown out by Middle Tennessee State. I will say one thing. Uh, y'all do know South Beach is down there, right? I mean, like, let's not act like there's not any reason why an 18-year-old might want to go to Miami, right? Okay, but other than that, Sean, could you uh, address this question? Well, you know, his mom is, it's, you know, we've talked about it, you know, who his mom is, and it's going to be very difficult to pull him out of the Midwest, and part of that reason is because of his relationship with his mom. So, yeah, she's very much part of his recruitment and his thought process and his recruiting. I push back a little bit. This is this is what angers me about Justice Scott, right? The immediate NIL flash thing when it comes to Miami. And for me, it reeks a little bit of a lot of things, and I won't even go into it. How about 
Miami staff is just doing a better job than your Notre Dame staff. And he has a better relationship with the D-line coach, or he has a better relationship with the coaches right now, or they've grown a relationship and developed a relationship that no one saw coming. There's a lot of things that can draw a young man to have interest in a school that he really didn't have interest in. Yes, he loved, first of all, he was going down there on a spring break trip. That is the thing that really opened the door. He was actually going down there on a spring break trip. Miami got got to him, asked him to visit during that trip, and things went from there. So it was it was half a circumstance. They got into it, and they look. Tip your cap, man. Miami has done an incredible job of recruiting a young man and making him feel special. That's what you're supposed to do as a staff. I, I think I'm going to agree with you, but push back on it to a degree. I'm curious how you're going to feel about this one. My issue is not so here's what I have said about this thing. Mm-hmm. My problem is similar to what you're saying is that because you've gotten outworked and you've got out recruited, you allowed the flash and the NIL to become a factor. That's the problem. Because once you allow that staff to outwork you, to build the better relationship, to do a better job recruiting you, to to get – I mean, why is Miami sending five coaches to his high school and Notre Dame's not doing that? It's so much easier for Notre Dame. Once you do that, then don't get mad when Miami uses the assets that they have to sell their program because they can't sell playoff appearances. They can't no. sell – you know, hey, we've produced X number of this. They can say that sort of about the defensive line because they did have two first-round draft picks in the defensive line a couple of years ago. Yeah. But the point is, is you allowed them to even get into the conversation where had you not done that, the NIL and the flash would not have mattered. And so, yes, I do think the flash of Miami and South Beach and all that stuff. Okay, I was just factor. about that. I was about to ask, what's the flash? Well, South Beach, Miami, right. the U. All that that that, that, uh, that that you stuff doesn't that you stuff doesn't mean anything. That pitch is you, well. Hold on, it may not mean what it meant ten years ago, but it's not something that you completely ignore. The fact that he's going to have a hall. Of, this is what hey, I got to get coached by Hall of Famer. The point that, that I'm making is that's the point a that I'm thing making is whatever the factors mean. are mm-hmm. that are leading to him leading to Miami right now. Yeah. It is your fault that it got there because you allowed yourself to get outworked by Miami. You should have had this kid. We've said it in a long time. This kid should have been in Notre Dame's class a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about January. I think Marcus Freeman made the right decision in January, not letting him make that decision and still taking visits. Hey, look, you Uh want to take visits, go take the visits. Yeah. But what we have said, Sean and I have said is he should have been committed to you last summer. Mm -hmm. That's when he should have been committed to you. And if Sean, if he's in the class, He's not – it's not like Keon. Yeah, he's a five-star. No. Yeah, but he's not no. a five-star from Tampa, Florida. He's no. a five-star from Chicago. Yep. It's a different animal. You allowed Michigan to get into this conversation. You allowed Georgia to get into this conversation. You allowed Miami to get into this conversation. You allowed mm-hmm. a kid who'd never really been out of Chicago that much to go down to Miami and get impressed with everything that's about Miami. That's on you. So my whole point is, I think I cannot sit there and say, and I don't think we can sit here and say that that all of those things aren't factors. Uh-huh. The you, the tradition, the flash of South Beach, and 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 what South Beach looks like compared to Chicago or South Bend or Ann Arbor, right? All those things are part of the conversation, but those are all a byproduct of the fact that this kid built up enough trust with this coaching staff and felt enough love and respect from this coaching staff and felt wanted by this coaching staff that he even made the visit in the first place Mm -hmm. with the thought of, could I see myself going here? That's on you, Notre Dame. That's the whole point. And so it comes back to the preface uh, premise of he's not looking at Miami because of the flash in the NIL. He's looking at Miami because of the relationship and that's allowing the flash to be impactful. And that's where this conversation needs to be, in my opinion. And that's where we often miss it to where, and it it annoys me that we always sit here and say, every kid that looks at a school 
that's not Notre Dame, it's because of NIL. NIL is this boogeyman that we've created now that every time we miss a kid, I'm going to tell people until I'm blue in the face, Sean, you know who exactly who my sources are when it comes to why Keon Keeley picked another school. Yeah. And no matter what I tell people, they're still going to say, hey, look, I pay money to be on your site. I watch your show every day. I know that you're connected, but I'm not going to believe you in this instance because I've convinced myself that it was NIL related. Yeah. Right. And some yeah. kids it was. Some kids it absolutely you can't tell me that Peyton Bowen wasn't influenced by NIL. He absolutely was, but it wasn't only that. It was other factors as well. I don't blame Notre Dame for that. There are certain kids, there's they had no shot at getting Jaden Rashada because that is an NIL kid. That that kid was going to take the highest dollar amount. Up front. You know, and, and there are kids like that. Yeah. But not every kid is like that. Not every um, I, I was going to say something's going to get me in trouble. Uh, not every skill player is that way. Not every Southern kid is that way. Not every yeah. five star is that way. Yeah. Some are, some aren't. You got to find the kids that fit what you're trying to do and then make sure that you get them and don't get to the point where you allow these schools to get into the conversation. Because to, to Wicked's point, why in the world is a five and seven team even able to get into the conversation with a kid like Justin Scott? Because you allowed it to happen as Notre Dame. And, and that's that's what it comes down to for me. Let's 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 be honest, man. When you, <laughs> Mario Cristobal is not a slouch at recruiting, he's Ooh. known as a darn good recruiter. Alonzo Highsmith is the point man coming after you. Jason Taylor is a Hall of Famer. He's your position coach coming after you, and. They're selling you. I know for a fact this is the pitch that you were starting when a defensive tackle from Chicago signed with Jimmy Johnson. Who is that? Jerome Brown? Uh, Russell Maryland. Russell Maryland, okay. From Whitney Young High School. Oh, I'm sorry. And, and you started Charter, before that. The you started well, with Howard saying, Schnellenberger, but I get but your I'm, point. Yeah. But that was point. like that's their selling point. That's yeah. their selling point. And you're going to be the same linchpin. Right. From Chicago as this and the same position, which and, is oh, absurd by the way, that Notre Dame is losing that battle, Sean, because Notre Dame could point to how many All Americans. But that's the whole point, though, Sean, that they are losing that freaking battle. You know what I mean? But to your, you just said it though. The U is a part of it, yeah. but they're selling. I mean, it's Mario Cristobal's part of that. Alonzo well, Highsmith is part of that. What, what Jason Taylor say? played for the Dolphins forever, but again, it should have never gotten to this point where that stuff mattered. What did you say yesterday so eloquently? Every coach lies. No, they're recruiting. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, the, that's the job to sell. That's the job to sell kids. And, <laughs> you know, and look, yeah. this is ultimately, this is my point. We can go back to the 2016 season and say, why did any kid in 2016 sign with Notre Dame coming off that season? Why? And that ended up being a highly successful class. Yeah, because that'd be That's the 2017 class. <laughs> exactly. With, I don't know, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, Robert Hainsey, Aaron Banks. Uh, you know, I mean, that was a pretty darn good class. You know, pretty darn good class. It, look, they have a good staff. They've assembled a really good staff. That's what they've done. And it seems like finally they have the support of the administration. To get right. things back rolling, so that's that's where it's at. I think the coaching staff closed the gap on Notre Dame, and then when you throw in the weather, heck yeah, it's a plus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, their NIL collective has gone through some things recently, so I don't even know if that's really a positive. Yeah, because I would tell the young man. Uh, they were supposed to have Jaden Rashad. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. yeah. You know? And look, I'm going to flat out say, Sean, Al Washington has not done a good job of this recruitment. At times he has. But look, here's the deal. I have said this before. You do not get a five-star kid with only the defensive line coach. Isn't this the reason we defended Mike Elston for years when he would not get big-time recruits? Because, hey, the D-line can't coach can't do it all by himself. When you're going to recruit big-time players, you've got to have a head coach and a coordinator a part of it as well. I think the only – and you have mentioned this before. Al Washington has not done a good job on this. Big reason that they're even in the game is Marcus Freeman. End of the day, it's not just – Marcus Freeman is is the reason why Notre Dame is in this with Justin Scott still. 
Al Washington's not done a good job. He's picking up a little bit. But the problem that I have is this, this shouldn't just be Al Washington. This is on Al Washington. This is on Al Golden. You should you should have a much more aggressive approach to this kid. I think to a lot of degree that they took this kid for granted. They took his recruitment for granted. They just assumed Catholic school kid, you know, he's going to want to come here. And I think that was a mistake. But I think that it's not just Al Washington. It's also Al Golden. Those both, both of them have not done what they needed to do to get this kid into class. Now, it's not too late. I, you know, Sean, I know you're still more optimistic than I am. I think the thing that you and I agree on is I don't really care where the kid commits this summer, especially if it's to a Southern school. I still don't know. I still have my doubts about whether or not he's going to still, I don't care who he commits to. I still think at the end of the day, he's going to end up in a Midwestern school. My only thing is I don't know that if that today, that would Notre Dame would be the the best one in position in the North. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Now there's time to fix it, you know, but we'll have to see, but look, they're, Guys, we we can we could spin it in a lot of different ways that he's visiting all these other schools, uh, but not Notre Dame. But I'm not going to do that because the only way that spin would make any sense is if all schools he was visiting in June, Sean, were out of the region. If he was going to USC, Oregon, Miami, and Georgia, I could say, yeah. look, this is smart by the family. They can go to Ohio State and in Michigan and whatever in the fall. It's easy. they can take a day trip. It's a cheaper trip. They're going to use these officials in June to go to places the kid's never been to or to go further away where he can't just take an unofficial visit. But he's taking officials to Ohio State and Michigan this summer. Yeah, And that's where it just becomes, I can't spin that. Not that I would spin it anyway. Uh, I shouldn't say spin, but I could I could understand it and maybe explain it and justify it. Y- you can't. So – they got a lot of work to do. They got a lot of work to I, do. I think the I thing follow, that helps – go ahead, Sean. I follow the crumbs with a young man. Michigan was his leader because of the relationship with the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Seems to be a and, theme. And the things he pointed out. Next thing you know, here comes Marcus Freeman. Right. All of a sudden, relationship. Notre Dame becomes a leader. He puts things off out of nowhere. Miami jumps up. What mm-hmm. do they do? They build a relationship. So you can talk about Flash and I yell at the core of this thing. This young man is about relationship. Yep. That's yep. what moves him. That's been the one consistency with all the reporting you've done on him. Which school he favors has changed and all that stuff has changed because that's recruiting. That's one thing that's always been consistent is the relationship is going to mean more to this kid than anything else. And if you think this kid is going to pick Miami because of Flash and NIL, you're misguided. Are they factors that gained his attention? Sure. Wouldn't it for you when you were 18? Sure would have for me when I was 18. But at the end of the day, the decision is going to come down to the relationships, the trust. And, and that's they what know. They know, right? Miami knows how big the obstacle yeah. of getting him out of the Midwest is. They know. Mm-hmm. They're having people literally call him that went to Miami from the Midwest to say, yo, this is the reason you should do it. Yeah. They know. Still out working Notre Dame on this one. And it's like, man, look. I mean, boy, man. Didn't we just have a Hall of Famer from the Chicagoland era? Eric? Uh, hey, I need you to make a call. They right got here. a isn't Chris Zorch a college I, football Chris Zorch, Yes, yes. And they got Chris. two. They got two like that, Sean. Yes. And that's the thing that's really freaking annoying about it. It's like, but it comes down to what I've said is I think to the degree they took the kid for granted, in my opinion. That's what I think it boils down to. But it's not over yet, and that's the thing. It, there's time to rectify it, and I and I do believe some people on the staff are working to rectify it. And I then, just don't know if enough are. I tell people don't overreact. I think a lot of people are overreacting because Miami is doing what they have to do. Miami has no shot if they don't go over the top. Like if Miami had just approached this thing, you know, we're just going to uh, the way Notre Dame has. Yeah, if they, they knew they didn't have a shot, Miami has to be over the top. That's why you see everything connected to Miami college football with a social media account. Posting birthday pictures, 
posting other pictures for significant or oh, have a great weekend, Justice Scott. Every it's collective. Like we have to do the most to get his attention and keep his attention and to get him to leave the Midwest. This is what we have to do. Georgia doesn't have to do that. Even though it's Athens, Georgia, and it's not as far as away as what Miami. Uh, they got two banners that right. they can hoist up. They, they have got a bunch of first round draft picks they can point to. Right. Yeah. The yeah. whole thing is, Sean, and, and we'll move on to these some other questions because we've talked a lot about this. But at the end of the day, the simple fact of the matter is, is you are correct. Miami is doing what they have to do, Absolutely. but that's exactly why Notre Dame should have been doing the same thing. And if they did, we're not even having this conversation. And that's the frustrating part about all of it. This all boils down to however you want to spin, uh, you know, whether it's the flash or NIL or the U or whatever else, what other side factors you want to make at the end of the day, other people are out working Notre Dame. Simple as that. Other people have made him feel like an even greater priority sooner than Notre Dame did. And now Notre Dame's playing catch up in those regards. Other people are putting more of their staff involved. I think, I think Chad Bowden's working his butt off on this one. I think Al is hit or miss. He's like kind of schizophrenic as a recruiter. There's times we talk to people and they're like, oh, yeah, he talks to me all the time. And then there's other times like, yeah, and then talk to him. It, it, it's odd, to be honest with you. And it's it's strange. You know, and, and, and Marcus yeah. Freeman is trying to recruit everybody. You know, right. where's your D coordinator? You know, that it, it, it just comes down to all this stuff. You're getting outworked. And that's the simple fact of the matter. And if you lose this kid, it's because you got outworked. Simple as that. But at the end of the day, it's a marathon, well, not a sprint. And signing days until December. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And that's baffling, like yeah. outside of Justice Scott. That's baffling for any big-time recruit because you don't have NIL to fall back on at the forefront. Like you should work harder than any staff with these big-time recruits because you know that's what you have to do. That's the vibe you should have. We Until we start winning at a higher level, it can show banners, it can show college football playoff wins and wins over USC and Caleb Williams and Ohio State. This is what we have to do. We have to work our tails off. Collectively, yeah. not just a few of the coaches, collectively as a staff, Everybody has to work their tail off. All right, let's get to some more here, Sean. So we can we got to wrap up here somewhat soon. Andre Tonsil says, if Notre Dame wins big this year, I believe Notre Dame could get th those top hundred players to take notice. That can come to Notre Dame to be developed and get an excellent education. Plus, get the NFL. Your thoughts? I mean, this is an uh, Andre. This is something Sean and I've talked about for a while. Yeah, I mean, Martin. And, and where did we get it from? The head coach. He said it when he was the D coordinator. We got to show kids that can not only get an education, but that we can develop for the NFL and we that we can compete for championships. I mean, absolutely. Look, uh, Lou Holtz didn't put together top number one recruiting classes three years in a row in 86, 87, and 88 before he won a title. It started in 90, 91, 92. It came out. Now, that doesn't mean he didn't have great classes because he had talent to win a championship, but he didn't start truly dominating on the recruiting trail till he won. So, absolutely. Absolutely. They have to. They have to start having some success here. Uh, a couple others I want to get to here, Sean. This one from Mike Reddy. Last year, Notre Dame signed 70% of their official visitors that they pushed for. Do you think Notre Dame will have a higher or lower percentage this year? Sean, I'm, I'm going to say lower because I think they got so many kids early that they're, they're, they're pushing for a larger number of kids to fill a smaller number of spots. 
And so I think that's going to be kind of the, the, the thing for me that I, that I look at like last year, when you look at the, the Notre Dame commits, like the kids that visited last spring, I mean, a lot of the kids that ended up committing weren't committed yet by the time we got to the summer. So, I mean, if you look at last year's commits, where were they numbers wise at this time, Sean, last year? So they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, be 11 and 12 with Keon and Peyton. So you had 12 kids committed last year. You've got, 16 now yeah and so i think just a larger percentage of the kids are gonna um uh are committed before the officials than last year so your your smaller number of players your larger pool of players to fill a smaller number of spots i think just inherently that's going to make the percentage lower so are we counting total visitors or just the uncommitted visitors well i mean look every every committed kid is going to take an official visit Right. Right. And so to me, that would be. Yeah. I mean, his numbers kind of seem to show like he's taking every committed kid. But look, I again, I I think that that's not the way that I would look at it. I would look at it as going into the official visit period. What are the number of uncommitted spots that you have and what are the number of kids you're bringing in? Yeah, that's the way I look at it. You know, so. Yeah, I would say less. I think right now, based upon I was just looking at the list, I think they have twenty nine. Yeah. Visitors coming in right now, and it'll probably and, be more. Yeah. And it'll probably be more, but twenty nine. And I don't, I don't think the percentage would be. 7%. If you're if you're going to count all the commit, well, the other thing too, Sean, last year's a lot of kids that were coming on officials. You knew you were going to get or felt pretty good about getting, so you didn't yeah. need to bring in, you know, five, six, or seven receivers last summer. You kind of yeah. knew who you wanted and you brought them in, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, I would say probably lower would be my guess, but it's yeah. just more indicative of where they are entering the, 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 the visit process. They were, they kind of knew who they were going to get last year at this point in time. Right. All right. Let's uh, here's, let's see here. Um, Michael says fast forward to 2025 on offense. What are numbers currently looking like at receiver running back and tight end and what names of those positions does Notre Dame have a real player in his recruitment? Thanks, Brian and Sean, Michael, it's a little too early for me to dive into most of those positions I can, I'll, but I'll go here with you. I'll tell you a couple top targets on offense that I know for a fact they really want. They want Deuce Knight at quarterback. They also love KJ Lacey. Uh, they, they love Taylor Taylor's their top receiver target. I mean, they love that kid. They want that kid bad at tight end. I think they like James Flanagan a lot. They like Nate Roberts a lot. And I think there's a, there's a group of people that are very curious to see what Marshall Pritchett does at, at camp next week. Cause he's going to be at camp working out next week. Offensive line wise, Owen Strebig's a big time must get for them. Avery Gack is one. Those are two names to keep an eye on. It's super early though. I mean, you talk about who they're going to get super early and just, it, I want to see how the summer goes first, but those are some early names to know on offense we'll get down to a couple more here we got one from anthony solomon sean he says uh thank you anthony he says thanks for the great show good to see sean back on the program people keep thinking like for some reason you're banished like the whole look guys the whole thing is number one sean's has a, a busy season but their focus has been on building up lucky lefty there's there's no sean hasn't been fired or there, there's like i think people like there's this problem lucky lefty is part of cfb nation cfb nation is part of irish breakdown it's one big happy family, but the focus has been on they got to do what they got to do because normally when Sean's going to come on a show, he has to either not do the Lucky Lefty show or cut cut it short. Mm-hmm. So to come on with us, it impacts the Lucky Lefty show. So the focus is on you go do this. Sean and I had this conversation. You go mm-hmm. focus on this. Let's build this up. We got to really push to get the subscriber numbers up for, for uh, CFP Nation. That's his priority, and our priority is on, on Irish Breakdown. But that does not mean that Sean's not so part of – look over his left shoulder. Y'all see that right there over his left shoulder, <laughs> right? So um, you can watch Sean every single day. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah, but all good. But it's because people love you, Sean. It's because they love you. And I think they like it when you and I do shows together. Absolutely. So, 
All right, here we go. Let's get a couple more of these as we get out of here. Uh, Bailey Brass says, in the rare case that Notre Dame lands rushing but misses on Scott, I'm going to find it hard to criticize Al Washington, just being honest. I'm still going to be able to criticize him because you should have had both. The best teams get both, right? I mean, I'll say, look, yeah, yeah he did a really nice job recruiting the edge this year's class, but where's the big boys to compete up the middle? Yeah. Right? Sean Sevillana's all you got? <laughs> you know. You can rush the quarterback, but you can't stop anybody from running on you because you don't have anybody in the middle. So, actually, I mean, look, I'll I'll give him a lot of praise for getting those edge players, Sean. But I'm almost going to kind of be like, why didn't you put the same work in with Justin Scott that you did with those other guys? Do it all, yeah. right? That's what the best teams do. I'm, we did this for years at Notre Dame. Well, but this guy got so-and-so. Let's not criticize him for not getting that guy. He should have got both. That's what Georgia does. That's what Ohio State does. That's what Bama does. You know, Ohio State didn't just get Brandon Ennis. They didn't just get Noah Rodgers. They didn't just get Cardinal Tate. They got all of them. They got all of them. That's what Notre Dame needs to do with the defensive line. You're, and it's the head coach said it. We are a line-driven program. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to do that, then you need to get the five-star kid that lives an hour and a half down the street. Who wanted you? Who wanted you? He wanted you. You didn't have to convince him to like you. You allowed other people to convince him to like them. That's the difference. And that's a that's a Notre Dame problem. I'm going to get to the um, – I think we're going to have to wrap it up there. I did want to answer this question here, Sean, from Coleman Smith. It says, Brian, if they get Nelson, why is Notre Dame taking two similar players to tight end with the same skill set? Also, which one is the better blocker? I do not view Jack Larson and Carter Nelson as similar skill sets no. at all. At all. I view Carter Nelson as a Tyler Eifert type, and I view Jack Larson as a Nick O'Leary type. Those are two very different tight ends. Yeah. Being able to line up in the slot and flex out and do all that does not mean your skill set's the same. Because Michael Mayer did a lot of those things, and his skill set's nothing like Carter Nelson's. They're very different players. Michael Mayer was used outside in the slot a bunch, just like Kyle Pitts was. They're not the same kind of player. Yeah. So I, Sean, I don't think their skill set is a, at all. Jack Carson's a great route runner, great ball skills, shorter, stocky, has a lot of blocking potential. I actually think Jack Larson has a chance to be a pretty darn good blocker when it's all said and done. I, I agree. It wouldn't shock me if he's a Tommy Trumbull type of undersized kind of powerful blocker. I think Carter Nelson's a pure right now a pure, fast, vertical a playmaker in the pass game that's yeah. going to do two completely different things. Your 12 personnel packages are going to look very different. Are going to look your routes. You're going to use Jack Larson for are going to be very different. Than you use Carter Nelson. So I, I don't necessarily agree with the premise that they are um, similar skill sets. I don't, I don't see a lot of similarities between Carter Nelson and, and Jack Larson, Sean, what, what, what mm-hmm. say you about that? Other than ball skills. Yeah. Jack Larson, Jack Larson, Jack Larson can go up and get it, man. In traffic, over the top of people, he has some really, really next level ball skills. Yeah, he's he is a. It's it's funny. I I, I don't know where this like sort of this anti Jack Larson movement has come from in Notre Dame circles. It has to be recruiting rankings. We've had multiple people in this chat say, "Well, you should process him out and take Jaden Riddell." I'm like, no, no. First of all, I don't like doing that, period. We've established that. But, yeah. you know, I just – it's it's strange. Yeah. It's, this is what happens when you commit early. You almost kind of get taken for granted a little bit. Yep. So that's uh, – I'm going to answer that one. How will I answer that one? So I, that's – I will finish with that one. I think that was a good question from Coleman. We'll finish with that one. We got it. We do got to wrap up, folks. Before we leave here, look, uh, Tommy Trimble is undersized for a tight end. He's 6'3, 240 at Notre Dame. That's undersized for a tight end. Anyway, it's always got to be that like that one comment at the end that just always gets me when we're about to leave. And before we leave, folks, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. Do me a favor before you do anything else, take 60 seconds to click on the link that I'm going to put here at the bottom of the chat right now. Click on that link, and whether you're an Apple person or a Spotify person, subscribe to CFB Nation. Okay, so definitely do that. Subscribe to CFB Nation, so that way uh, we are not Marshall said it wasn't me this time. Right? No, it wasn't. We're good today, man. You've been you've been on your best behavior today, so we appreciate you. But folks, I just put the link in the description bar, or I mean in the chat, uh, that you can just click on that and just subscribe to one of those. It'll literally take you 15 seconds. Okay, so I. 
I know how what our numbers were today. I, I really hope that you all will do this for us. Uh, click on that. Uh, hit the hit. Go subscribe to CFB Nation so you can get all of the Lucky Lefty podcast, Sean. We really need to help people help us to build that subscriber base up. So go to it right now. I promise you, folks, 30 seconds at the most is all it's going to take for you to hit the subscription and turn the notifications on for the podcast app. You guys are going to do a show tonight. We're going to have a CFB or excuse me, IB Nation Sports Talk is going to go live at six o'clock uh, Eastern Time. Sean, what time are you guys going live tonight? On uh, probably around eight o'clock. Eight o'clock Eastern. 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 Yeah. So y'all are going to get back to back to back shows today. You got Sean and I doing the recruiting show today. Six o'clock. We're going to have the IB Nation Sports Talk show. That'll once that wraps up, you'll have a little bit of time to go get some dinner. And then it is off to Lucky Lefty. So check that out. So, folks, I'm serious. Do me a favor. Click on that that link I just put in the subscription bar and go sign up for the CFB Nation podcast app. You're definitely going to want to do that to make sure that you get all the Lucky Lefty shows, all of the CFB All-America shows, and all the other things that we have planned uh, to add to our, our, our package for CFB Nation this summer. For Sean, I'm Brian. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Mace AK says it. Join the message board. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. Leave a five-star review. Visit the IB store for the best merch. And as always, go Irish. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.